Welcome to Awakening Brilliance, a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of high achieving women and topics that inspire and empower women to boldly step out in their own brilliance. I am your host, Victoria Baylor, and I am a mindset and clarity coach who's passionate about helping high achieving women get unstuck, ditch their mental baggage, and convert their brilliance into impact and profits. Be sure to grab a copy of our Clarity to Profits checklist in the show notes. Also, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the weekly podcasts. We're delighted to have you. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey everyone, you have found yourself at the podcast Awakening Brilliance. I am Victoria Baylor, my mindset and business clarity coach. And I am excited here today to talk with my special guest. I have the lovely Miss Courtney Rollins in the building. Well, not technically, <laughs> but she is on the other line. We're together in our hearts. <laughs> exactly. We are united on this stage. But we're excited to be here today to kind of jump off the podcast itself. For those of you that are new to Awakening Brilliance, this podcast, or at least the premise of the podcast, is really about promoting the brilliance of women, looking at their true stories, that's from the triumphs to sometimes even the defeats, but really looking into the brilliance and what makes a woman who she is and how she can really impact the lives of others through the telling of her story and the sharing of her 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 story, so to speak. So with that being said, I'm going to be introducing the lovely uh, Mrs. Rollins, but before we get into kind of the meat of the interview today, we're going to kind of slide into this thing kind of, you know, a little bit slowly with a little bit of fun, uh, just to loosen up a little bit. We're going to start with a little bit of icebreaker questions for Miss Miss Courtney. Are you ready, Miss Courtney? I am ready. Now, what's crazy is I actually just sprung this on her. So she was like, oh, okay, we're doing icebreakers. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> of course it is. And what I didn't do was I tried to hold back. I was trying not to embarrass the Mrs. Uh, or embarrass Courtney, but I have had the utmost respect for this lady. I've had the pleasure of knowing her for a few years. She is a dynamo in our community here in the Savannah, Georgia area, extending from Pooler to extending beyond um, those uh, jurisdictions, but she is a classy woman, an amazing leader, and I am so proud to call her friend. So as I unleash these questions on her, then we're going to jump straight into um, the interview with her today. Does that sound okay, Courtney? That sounds wonderful. Thank you for having me today as your oh like, inaugural guest. Pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's funny, one little uh, inside joke between Courtney and myself, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying this. I always, when I talk to her, like I whisper to her, I always say Madam President. Because, <laughs> because I secretly love it. <laughs> I don't really get to say that to anybody else. And I love the idea that she is a president of an organization that I just absolutely, me, myself and others are ecstatic about. So she's gonna tell you more about that later. But in the meantime, let's take some time to actually get to know this phenom. What I find with uh, people is that sometimes we see people in these positions, but we really don't kind of, you know, humanize and normalize them. And it's really neat to see them in other aspects. And of course, the world knows, at least our world knows who Courtney is, but I want you to know her as well. Okay, so icebreakers. We're going to start off a little easy, Miss Courtney. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. My favorite color is green. 
Oh, what'd you say? <laughs> My favorite color is green. <laughs> <laughs> that's always, you know, it's funny. I'm surprised I didn't even ask that question, but that's good to know. So yes, favorite color is green. I'm yes. guessing March is like your month because everything is green because of um, St. Patty's Day. Well, you would think that. But June is really my month. I mean, I was born, my, uh, that's my birthday month, but June is just like, it is summer and we're on the boat and we're wearing shorts and flip-flops. Summer, June, that's my jam. My favorite. Uh, that is so nice. And it's right before it gets crazy hot here in Savannah. Mm. Right oh, no, it's, it's pretty hot in June now. June 24th is my, it's pretty hot. <laughs> Try planning a birthday party outside in June. Everybody's like, no. <laughs> that is true i've been in the winter too long i think i forgot when summer actually happens which is probably next week for us yes um, right that's right <laughs> okay courtney favorite ice cream flavor uh birthday cake oh that is fun eat in vanilla with just a little bit of sprinkled in fun mm -hmm. birthday cake so good that's like the best ice cream flavor and it's cake yes oh yeah make cake. Oh, yummies <laughs> <laughs> um eat in or take out Oh, um, can I do a mixture of both? Because during the week we cook kind of like on a health journey. And then on the weekends, as I told you earlier, I like to wear my freedom pants, AKA fat <laughs> pants. And so I do like to do a little takeout. Plus I need a little break. I mean, I, I hit it pretty hard during the week. So on the weekends, I tend to reward myself a little bit. So takeout is nice and easy. Courtney, you're starting out kind of strong in this. We haven't I'm even sorry. had the interview. I need to hear. I feel like, no, this is great. I feel like I would drop the mic. It would be, I would be remiss to just highlight what you just said. Oh my gosh, how powerful is it? I love that to hear a woman say, look, I'm hitting it hard. As you said, I'm doing a lot during the week. I like to reward myself on the weekend. And like, oh my goodness, just even saying that kind of gives me goosebumps. You're all, you're, always I just, you're like oh, one of my biggest hype men. I love it. You are. You're one of my biggest hype women. I just appreciate that so much. <laughs> well, it's because you keep saying things that kind of trigger something, but I think that's powerful because a lot of what I like to promote with like uh, women I work with is the power of self-care. So for you to be such a role model and to even say that, hey, look, I do a lot. I deserve my downtime and I'm going to get it. I think that that's just a message that needs to be translated. So forgive me. I wanted to highlight that. Yeah. I hope that echoes for our listeners. I try um, to remember. Honestly, I'm a little bit more serious. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, you were I was going to say, I try, I, I try to remember that if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of others. And Ooh. that's kind of, that's kind of like where I, I know that's a little off topic, but that is something that I remember in my brain because sometimes I feel a little guilty when I'm leaving work and I'm like, I'm leaving work early to go exercise. But I know that if I do not get that exercise, I can't be as proficient as I am at work every single day. So I do try to kind of think of that, take care of yourself then you can take care of others. Okay, I think our interview might be coming to a close. I would just uh, go ahead and uh, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, I love it. My entire, uh, for the entire month, I've been dealing with energy management in my own tribe. And it is interesting that oftentimes, I'll say this real quick, but you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Many women don't see the connection that it's really an investment you're making into yourself to be better. You're not taking away from yourself. 
and you deserve it. So I think that's so awesome to highlight that. You're absolutely right. So if anybody's out there listening and you have not had your own dose of birthday cake ice cream and it's been too long since you've had time to yourself, now is the time to take that. Okay. Because <laughs> Courtney says so and I second that. <laughs> um, okay, so something a little bit serious. Uh, what is your pet peeve? You want just one? <laughs> <laughs> you get, you know, top three or your your top one. You know, we all have that one that's like the primary. What is um, your biggest pet peeve? The one that comes to mind is when people do not finish their sentence. That's a, that is one. I think sometimes I'm guilty of that. But that is, a, yeah, the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they say that they want to go ahead and do this. Oh, and then we can like just finish your sentence. But that makes total sense for me because I am a one task, complete, done. Next task, complete, done. So it, of course, that's. You know, it's amazing. Again, I love that. Based on our personality types, we notice certain things. Well, we know you're not chasing, you heard the terminology, chasing squirrels. You know, sometimes people are doing something, they get distracted, like, oh, squirrel, they take off. I am aware <laughs> of chasing squirrels. We, we have, I work um, with a young lady that I have to preface by saying it is one of the most healthy woman-to-woman -woman work relationships I've probably ever had in my entire life. And we do use that quite, we do use that term quite often, like we squirrel. <laughs> Let's do this and then we squirrel and then we do this and then we squirrel. So yeah, it makes, I have definitely heard that before, Chase. Everybody just complete your sentences and then we're going to be fine. You know, and it's funny not to make something even deeper out of that, but there's something to be said about even just that, that, you know, there's some, you know, finish your thought and move on and give credibility or credence to your thought. It's okay. We'll wait for it. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I think some women will like, you know, truncate it or end their thoughts, but it's something to be said about that. Start it and own it and finish it. Yes. So says Madam President. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, shopping or spa day? <laughs> so hard. Um, so both. Why can't I have both? Why do I have to choose? <laughs> Look, on Saturday, we're going to the spa and Sunday, we're going shopping. How about that? That sounds perfect. And I love, uh, once again, there's a message in that, ladies. I hope you're hearing, based on our answers, we don't always have to like just choose one thing. We deserve it and it's okay to treat yourself. So, And if you're organized and you have the right amount of time and you, you can make that time for yourself, you can have both. You don't have to choose. Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking we're going to have to get you back over here to talk about self-care and the art of it. So okay. <laughs> well, you know, I have to, I have to let everybody know here is the thing. While I can sit here and say these things and what works for me, yeah, you always just have to pay attention to your life and what works for you. I'm in a unique situation. I'm in my middle forties. I don't have any children at home. So saying both, I can do both. But I definitely realize that there's women out there that can't. So listen, I have two choices. I can go to the spa on Saturday or I can go shopping on Saturday. So I just want to let everybody know, you know, not everybody can have both all the time, but I do understand that sometimes we have to choose. Absolutely. And thanks for that. Just even in that is still that strong message of 
put yourself first, lady. Take good care of yourself and make the most out of all the time you have for self-care. Mm -hmm. So I, I love it. So we have a, a lesson within a lesson today. <laughs> hey, look at us go. <laughs> That's right, making magic. So now we're actually going to shift over to the, the reason why you're here today. And, you know, in this inaugural uh, episode, I mentioned to you that I was just thinking of, you know, who could I have on, like who is, inspires, I know a lot of people and who I've been inspired by. And of course, I make no mistake, you definitely are an inspiration. You are a, a phenomenal woman. And I just wanted to think about what was happening you know, in all of our midst. And the pandemic has been just one of those things that's ravished a lot of people from some degree or another, whether through been time, it's been through time, uh, some people dealing with sickness, some people dealing with just disappointments in their business. And I know I work specifically for um, high achieving women, whether professionals or entrepreneurs, and I knew that all of them could benefit if we looked at leadership from a different perspective and we took a realistic view about what's happening now. So with that being said, I figured it'd be a good slant to look in terms of um, what does leading look like under pressure and what does successful leading look like? And I couldn't, I couldn't think of a better person to help tackle this topic with other than, of course, Courtney Rollins, who is and just so happens to be the president of Buy Local, which is an amazing business organization in our town. And I'm actually going to turn it over to you, Courtney. Please feel free. Tell us a little bit about Buy Local and then let us know what drew you to the position of presidency. <laughs> well, if you know me, then you know one of my favorite subjects is hands down Buy Local. I love it. It is my passion for sure. Uh, Buy Local is a 20-year-old organization that was started to bring awareness and support to locally owned and operated businesses in Savannah. <clears throat> We've grown a lot, and now our footprint covers all of Chatham County. We started with about 12 local businesses that are actually still a part of our organization today, and we've grown to over 175 members. That is like such a feat, right? So yeah, cool. that's awesome. We have everything from financial services and retail businesses to technology and communication, advertising and marketing. We have a really, really well-rounded, engaged group, which is, is awesome. We're very fortunate for that. Um, we focus on community advocacy and access to support and education um, to the public that lets them know the availability and competitive pricing of local businesses and the experience that comes along with it. You're not just a number, they remember you. These are the people who are contributing to your baseball games and your high school boosters and who are nine times out of 10 in a pandemic or in a crisis are the first ones to step up and do something for their community. So being the president of an organization like this is a complete honor and privilege to me. And I, I take it very, very seriously. That can be fun sometimes, but I take this pretty seriously. Um, you asked me what drew me to this position. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a fun story. Um, at first, I was drawn to the organization because of the mission of keeping it local. And I... I shop local, I love local, I'm involved in my community and you don't get better than local business owners. I mean, they're, they're just a breed of their own. And at the time when I first started attending lunches, I was attending lunches under a financial institution that was not a member, it was not eligible to be a member. Mm -hmm. But 
everybody has their place, right? And so the the financial institution I was working with offered SBA pro SBA programs, and small businesses tend to take advantage of those programs. Mm-hmm. So I would attend like that, got to know everybody. In 2017, I had a career change and I went to work for a company that was eligible for membership. So then I like really immersed myself in the culture. Um, Mm -hmm. I was asked to sit on the membership committee and that was fun because I just get to talk to people all the time. So that was a bonus. And (laughs) then a board member and then I was nominated for president. And I mean just the thought of a 20 year old organization thinks that I am worthy enough to be president was a really, really big deal. I wouldn't say I was necessarily drawn to presidency, but I was drawn to the organization. Um, I was drawn to the organization itself. Well, yes, and you're right. It's, it's some, well, first of all, I think that's pretty impressive between 2017 and now we're in you know 2020 when you became president, correct? I would, yeah, 2020. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you started, um, oh, you did a career change at 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, A big one. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing to, of course, be immersing yourself. You obviously made quite the impression on people to be nominated in the first place. Um, And I know Courtney's so humble. I can speak to it. I've actually served uh, with her when I served as um, a ambassador for the Pooler Chamber of Commerce, and she was heading that up for us. And she is definitely a woman that likes to be about it. When she talks about, uh, you know, supporting businesses, really meeting their needs, keeping her ear on the, the ground just to find out how people are doing, it really is a genuine effort. So I wasn't quite shocked when you became president. <laughs> I was really excited about Thank that. Thank you. So just like everybody else. And it is a, an amazing role. And I know it comes with, uh, you know, unique responsibilities and unique everything. Mm-hmm. But I know that that, as we chatted about off camera or off uh, recording, that was one thing. But to have to step up in the midst of a, a pandemic that was unfolding, I'm sure that presented something else for you. So with that being said, in light of the pandemic and it rolling out, and of course you taking the reins of power and having all these goals and ideas and strategies in place, how did that pandemic, everything that was going on, of course, with COVID-19, how did that shift things for you? And what kind of challenges did that create for you? So I'm just going to be really real here because women are listening to this and that is what they're expecting. (laughs) Love it. Very candid. Um, that shit was hard. Yep. I had it was hard, and and I'm not I'm not can't pretend that it wasn't. <clears throat> I had to take a minute and get over myself mm-hmm. because when I took when I when I was nominated mm-hmm. for role of presidency, I was like you know when I was thinking about it and making sure I could make the commitment, I was like okay, this this organization is pretty much on its track. It's been running. We just need to keep it running, but put my own little flair into it. And then COVID-19 hit and I was in for such a surprise. Mm -hmm. So my first year of presidency, I'd had to take a second, get over myself and be like, really, this is happening to me on my first year of presidency when everything's just supposed to be rolling right along and this was supposed to be a cakewalk? No. So after I got over myself and felt sorry for myself for a little bit, um, we knew that the one major feature of our organization was our monthly luncheons. 
-hmm. And COVID-19 said, well, you guys can't gather together anymore. So now what? So we took a minute and we took a deep breath. And then we sat down and we started prioritizing and really looking at what our organization was without lunches. So the base of our organization is support, right? And so we went back to our roots, started making phone calls and really touching with people what is going on. Tell us what is happening. Tell us what we can do. That resulted in a massive We're Open campaign and a massive ramp up of our social media. And that kind of kept us kind of in contact with everyone and letting people know who was who was opening. And I don't know if any of you ladies out there run a social media channel. That is a job in its own. If you want to have curated, pertinent information to your to your audience. It's a full-time and, job. Uh, yeah. And then during COVID, I mean, that's where everybody was, right? So what better place to get out information than social media? So we did a massive ramp up of social media. We did a revamp of our newsletter that started to deliver pertinent information to what's happening in the city. We got in front of city officials. We we talked about, hey, you do this. This is how it's going to affect our small business. So there was a lot of advocacy um, going on during that time. And then, you know, once 2021 started rolling around, you know, we started looking a little bit better with COVID and all that. But we knew that there was a lot of work to be done to get people back on board with buy, with buy local, to get people into those local businesses. Mm-hmm. So we handpicked some influencers, some involved people out in the community already to sit on the board and we and we ramped it up from eight to 16. We had our board retreat in January of 2021. I had some expectations going in there. They were exceeded. This group, I, I cannot give them enough credit. We exceeded. Um, we we're my expectations were moving along with membership. In January, we received 17 new membership applications with only one not being eligible to be um, to be in by local. But there, there's a huge by local movement and we are proud to be at the core of that in Chatham County. I mean, wow, that is you know, it's like watching a, a very amazing story unfold. And it's that story I think we always look for in the middle of tragedy, in the middle of challenge. How there's almost like a newness is being born and people locking arms and working together. And I love the fact that you guys just sprung into action. But I also love the fact that, of course, you shared your human side. It's like, look, I had a moment. Like, and it's a big moment. My husband was like, what the heck, girl? I'm like, I'm sad. Leave me alone. I'm sad. He's like, take, take her on a shopping trip, you know, send her to the spa, do something. But, I mean, there was there was a little part of me that, you know, was kind of mad. I don't you know, know. Like, like, what the heck, man? I'm this is about I'm one, I'm in my forties. I've accomplished things. I'm here. I want to take this organization to the next level. Well, I certainly can't do that, not going to lunches and doing what we do. So I was a little mad that, you know, sometimes there had to be a little bit more work done than I was thinking I was willing to give. But then I'm kind of like a, I'm pretty balls to the wall. 
like I'm a hundred percent in, if I'm going to do something, we're going to do it a hundred percent. We're going to do it in, in what we think is the right way to do it. And I mean, out of that was born this, <laughs> all these people knowing about buy local and, and wanting to get involved and, and these board members who are like, let's do this and let's do this, who are engaged. I mean, it's hard to find engaged board members. And they they kind of like keep what every time I feel like mm, I really feel if we need to do that. I mean, we're already doing enough. I'll get an email from a board member that will motivate me to be like, no, we got just a little bit more. Just give a little bit more. And I think that's really been instrumental in getting by local where it is today coming out of a pandemic. I mean, well, we're still in a pandemic, but coming off of a year of not being able to be around people is terrible. It has been a long year and that's fantastic. It's just the epitome of what amazing teamwork looks like. You know, and I've seen a lot, I know a lot of the board members, I mean, fantastic individuals, just amazing Mm -hmm. in their own rights. And I know that in addition to them just owning their own greatness and brilliance, I know there's also that appreciation for them to have a leader that didn't buckle under pressure. You know, you can, and I always say you can, uh, it's funny, I watched. Um, that they Fox. didn't see. <laughs> that they, there you go. And that's a, that's a, and that's a tough place to, to be at. It's funny, I've watched the episode of, you know, I sewed in the past, um, Project Runway, there was a challenge with a woman that was like upset about their sewing challenge and her teammate said, look, you can cry, but you got to cut. And that always stuck with me is that, look, <laughs> Yeah, the load gets heavy, but you still have, someone's got to carry this organization. You just have to keep <laughs> forging down that path. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's amazing how you, you were able to do that. We might come back around to some of your tips on how to process when you are in okay. that moment, uh, we get done. But something else I love that you said, I think that was very pivotal. And I think it's, it's, it's going to be very pivotal for our listeners is that you said that in the midst of, experiencing and going to something you've never been into before you stopped and you went back to your roots and there's just something to be said about always going back to your blueprint I know that when I'm working with clients and they're trying to figure out okay what is my brand who am I what do I represent it's like we have to go to the foundation of who you are as a person if we're going to unpack that mm-hmm. for you what were the interesting discuss? well aside from I think you mentioned that the support do you feel like it did something deeper in the hearts of people? I mean, it was very technical to go back to the roots and say, okay, support's what we base everything on. We need to do X, Y, Z. But do you think it ignited people in a very, in a different way as well? Absolutely. When okay. <clears throat> just, so when we started making phone calls and, and let me tell you, that was a challenge in itself because my board members would tell me, listen, Courtney, you can call somebody and they know, who you are you like literally know every member of our but when we call them they don't know us mm. so getting those board members to make those calls that was a challenge to begin with we just mm-hmm. had to get them there the thing about those calls and those cards and those letters that we sent out is that the feedback we got from those members they could not believe that in the middle of everything that was going down these eight people we're calling them to check on them, to be a sounding board, to just listen, to just, hey, do you have a phone number of somebody I can call? That we were just checking on the needs of them and their local business. I absolutely wholeheartedly believe that is some of the reason 
that we are in the good position that we are in now, that they remember that. Keep, you know, I'm about to say something. There's an old saying that says people remember how, don't remember what you say or whatever it is, but they remember how you were treated. Yes. That is absolutely and positively true. And I think all of those members, I, I don't think, I know because they've told me that was so special to them. They just couldn't believe that we were providing that type of support. And I was very, that was a proud moment. That was a very proud moment for me because the, the thing that I hear from every single board member that has made a call is they were so happy to hear from me. We had the best conversation. And then I think to myself, and you didn't even want to call them to begin, you were scared <laughs> to, call to begin with. You know that that was a challenge in its own. So yeah, that's absolutely made a difference. Going back to our roots, making those phone calls, making those one-on-ones, those personal touches, it's absolutely got us where, where we are today and got us through 2020. That's awesome because it really speaks toward the power of connections. You're right. And you can be, you know, with any organization, be superficial, but when it really comes down to the nitty gritty, when everything's stripped away, what is really the values holding that organization together? And mm-hmm. I think values of your organization, which are personal values, I know for you and what you stand for is really in, in the other board members and others is what really permeated. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I think um, so. I read an article recently in the Harvard Business Review. It was a 2020 article, very timely. It's by uh, Jack Zenger and Joseph Folkman that really focused on research they did that in which um, they did several tests side by side between men and women. And this wasn't the kind of test to kind of see who was better than the other. But what they wanted to kind of test for was to see you know, how do women fare in a crisis and how does she, you know, in some ways have an advantage? And what they did find from their research is that women tend to do a lot better, slightly more than men in the middle of a crisis and how they deal with it and face it as in the, well, when it comes to leadership. So my question for you is, what do you think women have that make them such great leaders in the middle of a crisis? Well, first, First of all, I'd like to go on record and saying, of course we do. I mean, we run families, for goodness sakes. So, I mean, like, there's no argument there. But I did formulate a very thought out answer for why I think women um, prevail so well in crisis. I think women have the unique ability to look at a problem from a big picture perspective and seeing the multiple problems that have to ha- that are happening at the same time and compartmentalize them to solve them. Mm. Um, we, have, we have the ability to assign, not that men don't, it's not what we're, we're not men bashing here. No, of course not, we love our men, that's yes. right. Especially <laughs> mine, he's awesome. Um, <laughs> We have the the unique ability to assign importance to each task and be able to arrange that importance and then tackle them one by one, like with not freaking out. Um, Men tend to look at the subject as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that'll, I don't think that that'll work. Mm. No, Mm -hmm. I like your, 
I like your assessment. I, um, you know, it's funny. And I, the reason we're highlighting this again, it is the whole reason why this podcast exists because oftentimes women step out, they use their brilliance, but their brilliance isn't given a lot of praise. So we, as women are able to do these tasks, you know, maneuver through tight spaces, spots, challenges. And oftentimes we ourselves don't even know how to congratulate ourselves because we're not getting that feedback. I love what you say, because I think it is a difference in the approach oftentimes. I love men. I love the way they approach problem solving. But in times of crisis, it's weird. I think maybe sometimes for us, it feels like we're always <laughs> not of a crisis. Mm -hmm. You're a mother, wife, you're trying to balance your work, life balance, all of that stuff. You're constantly moving. And I think I heard it somewhere, put somewhere that uh, women, they compare a woman's brain to like a plate of spaghetti and a man's brain to like an organized waffle. And, you know, so it kind of goes section by section and women as we will start with what's in the laundry, then we have a business call and then we'll do, you're just used to moving and shifting and shaping. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it does kind of lead itself to an interesting uh, way of handling challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, what made you, from your standpoint, the way you see yourself, what, what do you feel like you have that equips you to deal with challenges in a unique way, in a brilliant way? Um, I am probably the most organized human you will ever meet. My list saved my life. Um, sometimes I have so many thoughts in my brain about things that we could do or can't doing or an idea or something like that. It gets so full. I feel like when I write it down, when I get it out of my brain and onto something tangible that I can see helps me be able to accomplish everything else I need to that day instead of being that spaghetti where I'm like from one to one to one to one I think of something I write it down um maybe I don't write it down today I look you know I might write it down for something I need to accomplish tomorrow um yeah organization is like key to my success where I shine lady in, in organization <laughs> I do I, I really do shine when it comes to there's just something like in my brain that kind of lights up when we start talking about a big goal or something that needs to be done and we need to organize it, we need to put it in order and how we're going to get to that big goal. And just like, it just lights me up. It, it just lights me up. And I think that really helps me in being a leader because, you know, you have a lot of stuff coming at you at one time and you have a lot of, you have personalities that you have to deal with. And then you have, you know, rules or regulations or something you know, even with eligible members, you know, just equating it to something that I'm familiar with, eligible members, sometimes you have them and sometimes you don't. And I think it's, I just, I think organization is definitely my, my key to success. Well, that is amazing superpower uh, for those that have it. Some people exist a little bit more in organized chaos, they call it. So it's <laughs> different for everyone, but I think that's tremendous. And I, I love and it's funny because the readers can't or the listeners can't see your face, but because you and I are chatting, I can see you. I love just even watching your face light up when you talked about big goals. Yeah. And um, I think it's so important for every woman to know where her, her special place is, like where her zone of brilliance is, where she shines the best. And when you do do that, you know what that space is and then you know what you bring to the table. I love that because I know that that is your gift. Wherever you go is like, hey, okay, you got ideas. Let me bring the organization. Let's bring some structure to this. And sometimes you will find people that want to, that I want to think about the right word to say here, that don't appreciate that organization. 
and very you have, true and you have to deal and you have to deal with that so yeah and then, you know, your brilliance might not be brilliant to someone else just so you know <laughs> they might hate it <laughs> that well you know that brings up a very good point though you know i would say this is where we look at it we're playing a we're playing a team sport here Listen here, if you're the quarterback and I don't do as well as a quarterback, but I still have a position until I don't know football. So that's about as good I'm gonna get here. But it's really about the win for the entire team. And mm-hmm. usually you have those negative Nancys because they feel either intimidated or they don't wanna change or they don't wanna admit that, okay, my way is gonna take five times as long, but I, you know, I'm older and I've been here and I've staked my claim. Again, it's a team sport. And I know what works. Because I've been practicing it for so long. I know what will work. There you go. So it's so important. And it's very funny you even say that. I was I was watching Zero Dark Thirty yesterday. I was a little bit just kind of chilling out Sunday. And I was checking out the movie. I hadn't seen it in a while. And of course, there's a woman that kind of spearheaded the whole, you know, tracking down Osama bin, bin Laden. She was a CIA agent. And it was very interesting because there were several situations where she was in rooms with nothing but men. And that was the thing she had to do. She had to, they asked her at some point, they said, how certain are you that Osama bin Laden's in that compound? And everybody else was a little bit flaky. They're like 50%, 60%. And she was like, look, I'm 100%. I know you guys have an issue with certainty. So I'm gonna say 90. But mm-hmm. like every time she just kept pounding that like, hey, I have these insights doesn't mean that I'm superior to anybody, but this is going to help the team. And, but to a certain degree, just get off topic a little bit. Women are a little bit nervous sometimes to hold their ground in that capacity. Not anymore. Oh, are we busting out there? Yes, (laughs) not anymore. I, I, I'm a TikToker. I like TikTok. I watch it. I'm not ashamed, maybe a little, but I'm not ashamed. (laughs) And it, we don't tear down women anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you are hanging out with people who tear you down, you need to reevaluate. Because I'm going to tell you what, we all have those people that are, that are going to doubt you. Mm-hmm. You have to be confident in what you know and what you're doing. And I'm not going to lie, I struggle with confidence. Yeah. For all you women out there. Yes. Um, I but I have heard. I only surround myself with people who lift me up. Mm-hmm. They are, if they are not, do not know how to translate a message to me that maybe, hey, that wasn't the right way in a way that I can understand and digest it. We, we are not, we're not hanging out. We're not doing that. That's, that's not what we do anymore. We, we lift each other up as women because all of us have that, that brilliance that you talk about. All of us are all we're all doing amazing things I don't know any women who aren't doing amazing things we're amazing creatures we really are yeah and I appreciate all these women out here doing all these things I'm learning from them as they go I'm nothing compared to some of these women in the community (laughs) I can think I can think of some that are doing way more than me but I love that I'm the first one on your podcast (laughs) I'm gonna use that I was the first on her podcast (laughs) That's right. You were. I mean, that's the thing. It's not a competition going back to what you Mm -hmm. were saying. It really isn't. We all run in our own lanes. And it's also just opening up because sometimes when you're running next to someone, you forget, you know, it's not, we're running the race called life. So Mm -hmm. I'm really not competing against Courtney. But if anything, I can watch Courtney be like, man, Courtney's got a great stride. 
Man, look at Courtney Sweat. But boy, she pulled that towel out. She just jugged the water back. Man, look, I look, oh, I just caught a leg cramp. What can I learn from her or what can she learn from me? And I think that's mm -hmm. the beauty of it and being able to hold your space because you really give opportunity for someone else to explore their space and hold it as well. Um, so with I, that, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I genuinely want people to be successful. There is no reason why they can't be. There is room for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so any advice that I can give, or if someone says, hey, what would you do? I stop what I'm doing and I'm willing to give that advice if that will make that other woman successful. I love it. Just that openness is so important because I find that amongst us as women, and this is the, the, the negative thing you have to highlight is that there's so much oftentimes distrust and kind of like a sense of being closed off or uh, there's so many insecurities that kind of makes them want to just highlight what they're good at and then kind of hide from view the stuff that they know is eating them from the inside out. So I love, again, having a forum like this where we're talking about, if you even think about the name of the podcast, which is Awakening Brilliance it kind of has like a dichotomy to it as far as like the meaning. There's the, when does it happen? So that awakening. And then there's this whole hint of it's a continual process. It's brilliance that's constantly awakening. And speaking of that for yourself, you kind of alluded to earlier what your patch of brilliance is, which is organization and kind of seeing these big projects and problems and really tackling them by eating the elephant one bite at a time, as they say. What are other forms of unique brilliance that you have that you're pretty proud of? It's your brag on yourself moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, other brilliance. I hate being caught off guard. You know that. <laughs> um, what are other things that are brilliant about me? Um, okay. I, okay. The ability to see things from all sides. Even, Ooh, even in an, even in a disagreement. Um, that's a good one. It's a really good, that's high level of emotional intelligence. And that's what we call is, I think it's intra and introspection. Introspection is when you can process what's going through your mind, but intro is when you can also process the external stuff. And that those two come together and make high levels of emotional intelligence. You know, people have more emotional intelligence. We actually have less people issues. That's a tremendous gift. Well, I have no people issue. I don't think. Is there somebody out there that doesn't like me? I don't know. Let's fix it. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> well, see, and that's a that's another thing. I think that's a really good point because with you know, people talk about haters, and I'm, I don't want to be dismissive about that, but I feel like your direction and focus, you think about energy is finite. We don't have enough energy for everything. Where are you going to put your energy? And I love what I glean and what I'm hearing you say is that, look, I put my energy on what's forward moving, what's going to progress. I've committed myself to an organization, which automatically is altruistic. That means it's not about me, me, me. It's really about helping people in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, I choose to focus my time and attention on what's really worth it, which is the betterment, the growth of something. Um, so it really doesn't leave much time to kind of look over your shoulder for that kind of drama, uh, which is a good thing, because usually the people that attract that are usually people that are looking for it. <laughs> Girl, we could go so deep <laughs> with what you just said. 
so deep with what you just said, because as you were saying, you tend to just not look behind you, just forge that path. That plays into so much with, with how I am with my tumultuous family, um, with my childhood. I don't, my sister and I have com- have conversations all the time about, well, maybe we need to talk about this or maybe we don't. No. In my mind, I'm like, no, this is the path that we're on and this is where we are. So we're just, we're just forging ahead, but we could get really, really, we could get really, really deep with that. That's a very deep topic. And it's, it there's is. a lot in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and it, I think to sum up, it just comes down to, again, just being very clear on where you're going and where, where your purpose lies and what you're focusing on and really holding tight to that. So I really love that we covered, especially the brilliance part, because I love to highlight that a lot because there's so many different traits that women have that they actually don't even deem as brilliant because they're so used to it being their everyday normal. They don't see what makes it very unique. So I love that. Being able to connect people is an amazing thing and, and make magic happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, last couple of questions. We okay. talked about kind of like your highs, but of course we always like to look at the realistic part. What makes you so brilliant are those highs but really the learning happens in the valley, not in the mountaintops. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, what has your confidence journey been like, uh, even throughout this year, last year, and just in general, what has gotten Courtney to the place where she's at as this confident leader, facing forward, tackling challenges, and just moving? I always find this question to be so funny because if everyone knew what happens on the inside before I have to do something like a podcast where you can't even see me or speak in front of my local or speak in front of the board or anything like that, um, everyone would laugh because on the inside, I'm on the struggle bus. I have to talk myself into it. I can do this. Um, I'm, I'm good. I, I try to remember that people like me for me mm. and that I don't have to be someone else and who I am is exactly what got me to this point. So why are, why are we nervous about being who we are? It's who we are. Um, as a child, I had tons of confidence. I didn't know a stranger, but as I got older, I started lacking self-confidence a little bit more. Again, could be a very deep conversation. I thought to myself, you know, no one really cares what you think. No one, you, no one really cares what you're saying. But then in my forties, something just, something just changed. It just was like changed. I was so sick and tired of knowing the answer mm-hmm. and what I had to say and knowing that what I had to say would be an asset to the conversation and regretting it later. I was just sick of it. So I started speaking up more and more and sometimes I was mistaken. And so I had to deal with that. But I'm not going to lie. A lot of times I wasn't because I'm not going to talk if I don't know the answer because that's, that's just in poor form. Don't do that. Um, And now I don't. So let me back up a minute. So when I said something, I might, even if I was mistaken, the regret of not saying something wasn't there. Mm. And so I just try to remember that who you are is what got you here. And these people like you for you, 
And sometimes I even tell myself, and if they don't like you for you, you're better off without them. <laughs> Maybe. At <least> I, <laughs> I love, see, that's the thing I love about you. There's that openness too. It's not a, like a rigidity that's like my way or the highway, which is some people, they equate that as confidence and then they become so stoic. It's like, whoa, you can't penetrate those walls. I love the flexibility It's you. And I think you said something that was just so important that advocating for yourself, because what we don't realize that happens, and I love talking about this, especially as a mindset coach, when I work with clients, when you don't give um, credit, when you don't give importance to your voice and when you minimize it, you send your mind a message. You mm -hmm. send your brain a message. And it's like, nothing you say is important. People don't wanna hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is that in life, because I went kind of through something similar, um, life and our experiences will give us those messages. And when we don't, sometimes we don't even know we've adopted them as truths for ourselves until just one day, like you say, you look, you look up and you're like, wait, what? I don't like that message anymore. And I'm about to change this. And then you start to realize that the strength you have of the voice in the first place is still there. That chick is still there that connects mm -hmm. with people. And then you put that into play in motion. But it's so important let me just ask you, and I just didn't finish my sentence. I'm going to back it up. <laughs> I did it two times before. It's totally fine. You just can't do it repeatedly. Gotcha. Look, my car made it out into an intersection. I was like, wait, hold on a second. Let me back back up. Until back I up. I got to stop. I would love for you, because again, this is something you just overcome. I'd love to you for you to speak to that woman out there that is at that place where she knows, because we usually at some point we know, there's part where we don't know where we've lost our voice, but this woman knows she's lost her voice. What would you really say to her to encourage her to just find it again and to open and be confident in just getting a sound out? Doesn't that be the best sound, but just open it up to release. What would you say to that lady? That she should look in the mirror and she should say to herself that her opinion is valuable. She is valuable and what she has to contribute is valuable and to not lose sight of that. And if she does, give me a call and I'll be her biggest hype man ever. Oh, <laughs> I got chills. I love that because I mean, you and I are, of course, speaking the same language. To me, I think the greatest thing is you can't give what you don't have. And for, I think the greatest, that's why it's so important for the self-care, it's so important to give credibility of voice because all you're doing is reiterating, I have value. And your value is never for yourself anyway. It's not to make you look good, people that misuse it, but it's really about being a gift to other people, but you have to be able to own the gift that you are before you can really extend it. I want them to look in the mirror when they say that to themselves. Because if they look in the mirror, when they say to themselves, they're valuable and their voice is valuable and their opinion is valuable, they are looking at themselves and be proud of what, of what they're looking at in the mirror. They wouldn't have the job they have, or they wouldn't be where they are if what they were doing was wrong. So therefore take those practices, take the things that you're doing and put them into words and deliver them because what you're saying and what you're doing is valuable. Absolutely. That is a wonderful, wonderful step. 
And I love the fact of just like even looking at yourself because there's there's this lack of connection that happens amongst women over the years. We stop looking at ourselves and we do look at ourselves. All we do is see the stuff we don't like, like the added COVID fluff or something else. But we forget that the most important thing or elements about us is what exists up there right between our two ears. And we have a unique brilliance we just ha should not be ashamed to showcase. So I love your words of wisdom. And um, listener, she's not playing. If you're struggling, she gonna, <laughs> she, gonna, you she's gonna show up. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know that uh, in addition to that, I definitely recommend if you find yourself, you're struggling to get out of the hole, definitely reach out to a coach, a mentor. You know, mm -hmm. I'm available. That's what I specialize in is helping realize their brilliance, um, help yeah. you see what makes you amazing. Mm -hmm. because we need that so yes we do and we deserve it yes absolutely I, absolutely you know you can't really keep giving to everybody else what you're not willing to give to yourself that is a, mm -hmm. definitely a one-sided relationship mm -hmm. <laughs> we're here to break that okay so any other as we kind of like wrap it up Courtney and thank you so much for taking the time to really just share your wisdom and to, to share your golly all your experiences. I'm sure this didn't even do it justice, just everything you felt. So thank you so much for being able to distill and package that down for us to digest. But as we wrap this up, what would you consider to be kind of like your biggest take home message you want every woman to realize after having listened to you? Okay. So I had to think about this. This is a big one because women aren't good at it. So you're going to have to get some practice. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Mm. One, you are one human being. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually just quite the opposite. You are very self-aware of what you can do and the time that you have to do it. And so asking for help to me makes you stronger because you know exactly what you can do and exactly what you can deliver and you might need help doing that your tribe of women if you have a tribe of men that's cool too they will be there to help you and they will not even think of it as oh my god she's so weak she can't even do this by herself not think of it they were like they'll be like let me help my girl my girl asked me for help let me help her so please don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help whatever that help looks like to you, um, to your people. Cause they'll be there for you. I promise. I love that. That is exceptional advice because I think um, oftentimes there is a, a bit of shame because we live in a society that says like, she's every woman is all in her. She should be able to do everything. When a woman hits a brick wall and she doesn't even know like where she needs to go. And I know that experience personally, that's what actually started my, my purpose of helping women because I lost myself, lost my identity. Um, but when they're in that tight spot, it's kind of embarrassing because how do you have that conversation with someone? It's like, wait, um, you know, I don't, and, and that's when the exterior insecurity stuff happens. Let me buy more fancy stuff. Let me wear this. Let me create an image and I love, I feel like the undertone of everything that was discussed today was really about pulling all of that off and really authentically reflecting and owning, realizing your brilliance, owning that, understanding that tough times are gonna hit, 
being able to ground yourself again, I love what you said, go back to the, the drawing board with it, or as you put it, we'll go back to the roots. I love that part. And then just not being afraid that like you're going to lose yourself entirely. If anything, it sounds like you're going to gain a greater, stronger, smarter, more focused version of yourself. Does that feel about right, Lady uh, Courtney, Madam President? <laughs> you're so funny. Yes, um, I could. I couldn't have said it better. I feel like you and I could sit here and talk for two hours with stuff. With stuff. I, I mean, just because, you know, like I said before, in my heart, I, I genuinely want people to be successful. And in order to be successful, you have to sometimes ask for help. I ask for help all the time. If I call my ladies, and my first word is "girl," they're like, "What you need?" <laughs> you know, because because they, they already know I I need something. And just surround yourself with people that, you know, help you stay on that path, stay on the path that you want to stay on and that, and people that can deliver information to you in a way that you can digest it and really, really listen and, and, and not just hear it, really listen. So I just love women. Y'all are awesome. All y'all are awesome. I hope somebody got something super awesome from this. <laughs> Likewise, and I love y'all too. Y'all are amazing. You make the world go round. And as we actually wrap up, uh, real quick, because I know some people are going to want to reach out and find you, getting connected with you, or even just follow sure. you. How can people connect with you? Well, I am. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, of course, Courtney Rollins. Um, we also have our biolocal website. You can contact me through there. And if anybody wants a phone number or or wants to ask you some questions, they can always go through you, Victoria, and you can filter it to me if you want to. But I'm around. You don't have to look really hard to find me. <laughs> I'm out and about. <laughs> she is available. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. Again, I appreciate you. Thanks for sharing your wisdom, your insight, your just in-depth experiences. We love it. Thank you for, and more importantly, for recognizing your own brilliance and being fearless and showcasing it because again, it ignites the fire of all the ladies around. Um, and thanks to you listeners. I really appreciate you taking the time for jump to jump on and listen to me um, or listen to us in this first episode of Awakening Brilliance. Please be on the lookout for upcoming episodes where I will be of course spotlighting other amazing brilliant women such as yourself and really kind of going through their stories of um, their experiences, interactions, triumphs and defeats all for the sake of helping us all awaken our brilliance. So I am Victoria Baylor, of course, mindset and business clarity coach. I have the esteemed pleasure of working with high profile women, helping them to get rid of mindset blocks and really tap into their brilliance to convert it into impact and income. If you'd like to connect with me personally, please visit my website, www.victoriabaylor.com. You can email me at victoria at victoriabaylor.com or find me under every social media handle under Victoria Baylor. <laughs> so with that being said, thanks again for tuning in, Courtney and I appreciate it. And we will see you for the next episode of Awakening Brilliance. Bye everybody. <laughs>